0: Good to see you all. How are you guys doing tonight? Eh. Good. Eh. I'm alive. What? Fantastic. Sweet. Well, anyways, my name is uh, Joel Appier. I'm the kind of junior high intern, technically student ministries intern. But uh, tonight um, I'm over here teaching because um, Pastor Kent is actually on a cruise right now. Lucky him. Uh, so I'm over here with you guys. So um, it's a privilege to be with you guys. Um, a lot of you guys know me. A lot of you guys might not know me, but yeah. I'm just super glad to be with you guys, um, and if you are new, uh, this is the place to be, I, I'm serious, this is the place to be because this is a community of believers that are following Christ, and Christ is the most important thing in our lives, Christ is the most important thing in the world, um, just uh, people who don't know Christ don't know that, but the reality is, is this is the place to be with the uh, body of believers, uh, we're able to come together to, to encourage one another, to love one another, to be that um, for each other such a good place to be. Um, so uh, tonight we're going through the book of Joshua, um, not like the whole book. It's kind of a long book, but kind of the idea of Joshua and uh, doing the identity series. It's cool because we're doing it over in, in uh, junior high. But anyway, um, have you guys ever had a moment in your life where um, where you kind of forgot kind of who you are as a person and just kind of everything got out of hand? Kind of just like, like ended up like at the end just kind of going like, what the heck was going on? Like who am I? Like you're doing something, Maybe you're doing something that you never expected you would have done, um, something like that. Well, when I was in junior high, um, speaking of junior highs, when I was in junior high, uh, I went to Warren Junior High. Uh, wow, it's like you guys' all, all, alma mater or something. Uh, it's kind of lame. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I went to Warren, just my seventh grade year. But anyway, when I went there, um, I actually lived like super far away Kind of out in the South Bakersfield like farmland area, and uh, I had to take the bus home every every day. And um, taking the bus, they they would drop me off actually really far away from my house, so I'd always have to walk um, through like these kind of like uh, it's like dirt road, like past like some farms and some weird creepy houses that I always thought was haunted. Anyway, uh, but there's this there's these oh, you're gonna laugh at me right now. There's these Chihuahua dogs, right? There's these three Chihuahua dogs. That would not let up. They would not leave me alone. Every time I would go home, it was like they waited for me. It was like dinner for them or something. Like they knew when I was coming, and they would chase me. They would chase me all the way home, like all the way up to my doorstep, pretty much. And that sounds funny. Like you know, you're you're you know a person. You should be able to I don't know stand up to them. But for some reason. Uh, I just couldn't handle these dogs. Like, they just scared the heck out of me. And I have, I have dogs. Like, I love dogs. I'm not scared of dogs. But for some reason, these vicious uh, Chihuahua dogs were just on me all the time. And it had been, like, months. I let them just, like, pummel me, basically. Like, I just would not take them And One day, I just realized, like, wait, what the heck? Like, it was that moment when you just realized things got out of hand. Like, I'm letting these three little Chihuahua dogs, like, I literally could pick up one and punt it, you know? Like, and, Like, I'm letting that thing you know, dictate, you know, what I do, you know, like, uh, making me fearful of it. It really should be the other way around. Like, it should fear me. Like, I'm man, it's dog. Um, Or we should be best friends because that's really, you know, man's best friend. is a dog. Um, But, yeah, I really let it get out of hand. But one day I finally decided that I would – Like, I might have been, like, I don't remember that too well, but it might have been, like, mid-run. I was like, wait a second. Like, I'm a man or a seventh grader either way. You know, like, I should stand up to this dog. And I remember, like, I, like, was running at, like, a certain point, and I, like, stopped. I was like, no, like, this, like, it's got to stop. I can't take this anymore. And I stopped, and I turned, and they all, like, saw me, like, turn around and stop, and they all, like, put on their heels and, like, slid into me basically, like, you know. And, like, they all, like, just ran away as fast as they could. And ever since that day, they never messed with me. It was awesome. But anyway, um, the cool thing is, like, I realized that things got out of hand, and, uh, you know, like, it, things just got way out of hand, and I stopped it at that point. Another, um, another thing that happened that got out hand, when I got in high school, my sophomore year, um, I went to Ridgeview High School, and uh, my sophomore year, uh, I got really influenced by some friends. I had a best friend. He just, like, he was really cool, like, cooler than me. Then we got involved with the cool kids. Like, I was, like, part of the cool club at, at school, you know. You know how everyone has their own, like, cliques when they sit out in the main, uh, like, during lunch and stuff? Well, I sat at, like, the cool tree. Like, it had, like, all these benches and, like, all the cool kids sat there. Anyway, um, there's this point when I realized things got out of hand. Um, and and I, was, I was doing something that wasn't me. I was doing something that, that, you know, God never told me to be or told me to do or and it was, like, really against him. Uh, one day, like, uh, my friends invited me to go hang out, like, um, it wasn't like a party or anything, but they invited me to go hang out, like, someone's farm. Like, we are going to go, like, mess around on a farm. It's like, sweet, that's what people in Bakersfield do, right? You just hang out on farms and, I don't know, do stupid stuff. I have a lot of good stories about doing stupid stuff on farms. Anyway, this is one of them, actually. Uh, so <clears throat> we go to this, this, my friend's farm in... Um, we had like this bonfire going and they pull out like the six pack of beer or it was probably like a 20 pack or something I don't know six yeah anyway but uh it was like and I've never drink a beer I've smelled it you know like I've never gone around beer but they like they tossed me one like hey man have a beer you know that's like the typical like oh no like in the movies like don't do it um they just hand me a beer and I was like what I like this is this is wrong like I'm 16 or 15 or something and, um and it's not like it's not good to get drunk, and they're like obviously wanting to get drunk because that's why you drink alcohol, right? I mean, when you're young, at least. Um, I'm glad you laughed at that. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Someone there's an audience out there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, but um no, I just remember like getting this and like thinking, and like, and I, I drank it, and then they handed me another one, like, sure, here's another one. And I drank it, and I got like Drunk super fast because it was my first time. But I remember at that point, like, um, it was actually the day after. I remember, like, realizing after I like, probably had a hangover or something, I remember, like, going, what the heck? Like, that was something I would never have done. Um, the reality is is I, I kind of lost who I was as a person. I, like, I accepted Christ when I was five. I had been following Jesus. You know, I, I had committed and told people that I'm following Jesus. But uh, I did something that was contrary to who I was as a person, contrary to what I believe. Right? I believe that that was illegal. That was wrong um, in the eyes of God, which is the most important thing to be accountable to, not just the you know, you know, American law, government law. Um, but tonight, I want you guys to understand something. This is kind of what I want you to take away um, through the life of Joshua is this, that we can stand firm in our identity. Right, We're talking about identity. Uh, we can stand firm in our identity when we have confidence in God and his promises. When we trust in God, confidence means kind of trust. When we put our trust and we know that God, who God is and his promises, we can stand firm in our identity. What do I mean by identity? This is kind of like a word we always throw out, like, have your identity in Christ. It's like, what, what the heck does that mean? Like, it's just kind of like a, like a big word. It's really not that big. What, I, the way I define it, um, and I've always kind of described it to the junior hires because we're going through the series as well, is identity is who you are. Like, I, I, did, I think ID, like Got your ID. It says you go to Liberty. Blake, you go to Liberty, you know. Um, I'm just pointing you out because you laughed at my joke. Thanks, man. Um, <clears throat> and it, ID, it's who you are. And the other thing is what you value. So who you are is going to determine what you value. You know, so if, I, if I'm, you know, at the core, a Patriots fan, you know, like that's just who I am. I'm going to be, like, really stoked and value what just happened on Sunday, which I obviously don't. Like, I hate, hate what happened on Sunday. Anyway. I love going to church, but anyway, did not like that. But, that uh, but the important thing for you guys to understand is that when we, when we stand firm in our identity, as we'll see that Joshua did, um, uh, it's because he had the confidence yeah, the confidence in God and his promises. So that's why I want you guys to understand tonight. So we're going to actually start and uh, we're going to flip through some passages. Um, only like two. Um, it's in the book of Joshua. You guys are there. I hope you guys are there. If you're not, get out your Bibles right now. It's in the book of Joshua. Let me go ahead and pray before we before we read that. It's gonna be Joshua starting in chapter one. Let me pray. Father, God, we just uh, come before you tonight, Lord, um, asking that you'd speak. God, I I realize the older and older I get. Um, Uh, The more sin I really have, the more sin I've caused, Lord, committed against you, yet, God, you've made us righteous, God, you've made us clean through the blood of your son, Jesus, God, who died on the cross and gave us a new life, God, that now when you see us, you see Jesus, you see righteousness, you see Jesus' righteousness put onto us, God. God, and that is just a a wonderful gift that um, we can never um, obtain on our own, but Lord, you've given to us freely. God, you call it a gift. And for that, I'm so thankful, Lord. And Father, I just pray tonight that um, I realize that uh, me being not a perfect person can't speak your truth perfectly. God, can't even understand you perfectly because you're so much farther farther than my thoughts. God, so much higher than my thoughts. So Father, I pray that you'd speak through me. God, that you'd speak boldly, you'd speak clearly. God, and that uh, tonight that we... Um, as a community, as a body of believers would, would receive your word well, God, and trust it, God, and follow it with urgency, God, with passion. Lord, I just uh, thank you so much for, for tonight, and yeah, Lord, just love you and praise you in Jesus' name, we pray, amen. All right, so we're in Joshua, Uh, we're going to start in chapter one, and then we're also, if you want to put your, like, finger in the back of the book uh, of Joshua, it's, uh, Joshua 24. We'll we'll go there in a little bit. But let's read this. Uh, Joshua 1, 1 through 9. It says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, so the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you, may, wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I kind of kind of set this up for you guys to to kind of see where how this this promise. Having confidence in the promise helps us stand firm in our faith. Um, And we're looking at this through Joshua. Kind of set this up, and and it talks about, it's pretty straightforward in here, uh, in giving kind of context. But basically, Moses just died, right? You guys, if you guys remember Sunday school, we're kind of going back to Sunday school right now. Moses just died. Um, He led them through the wilderness, right? He led them out of Egypt, walked through the, through, um, the water parting, out of the sea, and into the uh, wilderness, and they've been there for a really long time. Um, and Moses had been this like super awesome leader that it was like so obvious that he was the leader because uh, he'd done all these crazy miracles in front of, front of all the people. Like he he sent the plagues, and really this is God working through him, but he's the messenger, right? So we're gonna, so everyone's gonna trust him. Sent the plagues, parted the sea, uh, like he put a staff in the water to do that. So like he's a pretty awesome guy. He he helped send bread. Um, from heaven, so that they, while they're in the wilderness, they could have food. So the people are witnessing this; they're seeing this. But then he dies. It's like if that guy died, I'd be really scared. I'd be like, oh, if that guy died. I, like we're out, we're still out in the desert. We're like we're screwed, basically. But no, God chooses Joshua to take over this. So everyone's looking at him. If you think about this, I mean, this is millions of people. We're not just talking about like you know two thousand people. Like, this is millions of people coming out of Egypt and uh, following Moses. And now they're all looking to Joshua now um, for, you know, for leadership. They're all looking to him. It's a huge weight of adversity. Um, they're all eyes on him. Now, it's very, uh, it would have been a very easy thing for him to want to please people, right? Like, if I had a, th- if I had a million people, like, looking to me to do something... Like, don't you think you'd be a little tempted to kind of like want to please them, right? Like, I think one, because I wouldn't want them to kill me, you know, and two, because I want them to think I'm cool. Like, that's just an obvious, you know, everyone wants that. Uh, that would be like an easy just thing to happen here. So have you guys ever been in a situation where you find um, yourself trying to please someone more than God? Because that that is the temptation that really Joshua was experiencing here. Have you guys ever been in a situation where it's, where it's either God or pleasing someone else. Um, whether that might be you know, your friends, or it might be a girl or, or a boy. Um, we, we often just worry too much about what people think. We, we, we worry too much how they view us and, less, and not too much about how God views us, which is the most important thing. And when we think about our identity, where we get our identity, it's how God views us. That's where we get our identity from. But a lot of times we like to place it and other things. We have to place it in what our friends think of us. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, Joel's pretty cool. Like, you know, he likes to hang out with us. He'll do crazy things with us, you know. Like, oh, he's one of the bros. That, that's what I just remember in high school. I mean, they probably didn't say it like that. That sounds really stupid. But um, that's how, like, it, it is. Like, and it's because I went out of who I was as a, as a person, as, as a, a follower of Christ, to following people, following these stupid teenage boys. And teenage boys are dumb. Sorry, guys. Um, it's just the facts. I know you guys are like. Dang, I hate you now. Um, but it's just the fact. I'll give you an example. So, I was the biggest chicken in the world. Um, I still am. And uh, same group of, group of friends. I'm going back to another scenario here. Same group of friends. Um, we uh, it was not now fast forward like two years, my senior year. So my friends like like to play pranks and stuff and. When it's your senior year, you got to do like a prank on the school, right, or like something to kind of like leave a legacy. That was kind of the idea, right? Well, we had this really stupid um, idea to steal – well, first of all, I'll kind of explain why they picked me to help them. I had the minivan. I had my mom's minivan, and like it carried a lot of people. So like that's probably why they picked me. But uh, they they so influenced me to um, – so this is our prank. So, we went to steal a tree. We dug up a tree from someone's lawn. Like, we're talking like a pretty big tree. Like, we, I think we broke a shovel, I think. I'm pretty sure, I remember like breaking off a handle. We dug up someone's tree in their lawn and we carried it over to Ridgeview. And, and this is before homecoming, like, uh, you know, the football game or whatever it is. And we, we threw it over the, the fence. And I hope, this is a disclaimer don't ever use this. Like, I'm saying this is illegal, so don't get the idea that I'm like condoning this if you're like, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, it's not. Uh, so we we uh, planted this tree in the middle of of the the fifty yard line, like smack dab in the middle. We dug a huge hole, planted this huge tree in the middle, and we're like, "This is gonna be awesome!" Like they're gonna see it the next because it's like the next morning we had that big rally and stuff. And uh, you know, basically what happened was is uh, someone like cops got called, and I like totally like dipped out on them. But that's not even really important to the story. The, the The reality is what I'm trying to say here is is that I did something that was wrong. I did something that was not what I was supposed to be doing. It was not who I was as a follower of Christ. I was doing something illegal. I know it's like, kind of like a petty, like, oh, it wasn't that big a deal. It was, it was something that was legal. It was something I wasn't supposed to be doing. It was something I did because I valued those people, my friends, more than I valued um, who I was in Christ. The reality is, is I should have stood up um, like Joshua. Flip over to, um, to chapter 24. You guys will see what I'm talking about here in a minute. Chapter 24, verse 14. It reads this. Now therefore, fear the Lord. This is Joshua speaking. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So basically what happened here is, so this through this whole book, just to give you guys more on Joshua, because I'm not going to go through the whole book. Um, Joshua... He does conquer this land. He does lead the people in. Time after time, they go up against people um, who are great and mighty and have huge, um, a huge kingdom, and he defeats them and defeats them. And then, but the reality is is God actually even said, and Joshua witness of it, that um, God told Moses, this is in Deuteronomy, God told Moses that the people are actually going to rebel against you. Like, they're going to rebel against me, ultimately, God. They're going to rebel against me. This is, the, this is their fate, basically. He's predicting what's just going to happen. He says, they're wicked. like You guys are wicked. You're going to rebel. And Joshua leads these people in. And in the end of the book, after he's done all this for them, um, he basically confronts them because they have all these gods. They have all, the, all these things they uh, want to follow, they, all these idols. And he, and he tells them that I'm going to serve the Lord. And he chooses that day to trust in God. So why would, why would he have such, like, uh, confidence? Why would, I mean, think about it. Like, if you're, basically, he just said this to a million people. He said, you guys go follow whatever you want, whatever gods you want, but I'm going to follow the Lord. Like, me and my family are going to follow the Lord. Um, I think he got this, this, uh, this confidence from seeing the promises of God. And if you look back at uh, chapter 1, verse 9, he says, Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go wherever you go. I mean, imagine having that promise that, that God says, I'm literally going to be with you wherever you go. And he even says in verse three, he says, um, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised uh, to Moses. God had made promises to Joshua and he could have, he had confidence in that. And so he conquered having that confidence in the promises that God had for him. And that, was, that allowed him to stand firm in who he was. He didn't have to worry about what the people thought of him. He didn't have to worry about, um, you know, if they, if they had a, a minor failure. He knew that God was going to get him through. God was going to get him through. And so the reality is there's so many things that take us away from, um, kind of try to take away our identity, um, try to um, mess with our identity. Um, People pleasing is just one of those things. You know, it's it's really placing uh, a friend, um, a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, above God. That's people pleasing, and that's idolatry, and that's really in the essence of what we when we talk about evil. The essence of evil it's placing things, desiring things, above God. I don't know if you guys understand that. When we always talk about like this is evil, this is evil. Placing something above God is the essence of evil. Desiring something more than you desire God is the essence of evil. And this is what the people are tempted with. But Josh's jo- Josh, Joshua, I guess we call him Josh. It's just weird. Um, Joshua had that confidence in the Lord because he saw, he had the promise, and then not only that, he experienced him. He experienced the promise, and he pursued that promise. And we see this in, um, if you guys look down at verse 7, the experience part, if you guys want to like look through this, I really encourage you guys to to read through all of Joshua. But imagine experiencing like in chapter 5, the commander of the Lord's army, which is an angel. An angel comes down and fights for Joshua. I mean, imagine having that experience with God and seeing him do that for you. That's going to like, that would give you a whole lot more trust in the Lord, right? If you saw that with your own eyes, right? Well, there's another thing that helps us trust and have confidence in the Lord, and it's a pursuit of Him. If you guys look down at verse 7, you'll see kind of what I mean. Verse 7 in uh, chapter 1 says this, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the, the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the, to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So the reality is, is Joshua was entrusted or was commanded to meditate on, it says, on, on the book of the law, which is like the five books of the Pentateuch. That's all they had at the time. To meditate on God's word day and night. Meditate doesn't mean like just read it and you're good. Like meditate means you you think about it. And it says day and night, like all the time. So the reality is is the reason why Joshua had so much confidence is because he, he like he pursued this. He pursued God. He meditated. It said it said if you don't basically it says if you don't um, if you don't meditate on God's word, if you don't focus on it, it says if you go to the left or to the right. You're not going to prosper. You're not like nothing's going to work for you. But the reality is, it really worked for Joshua. If you look, read through the whole story of Joshua, he he conquered this land. And so um, there's no like part in here where it says like you know he was reading his Bible and then he would go conquer someone. But the reality is, if he didn't read his Bible, if he didn't um, stay focused on the Lord and pursue God, this would have never happened. This plan wouldn't have happened. I mean, actually, in the reality, God would have done it anyway. But. For, for Joshua, this is the path. This is how he gained that confidence to tell a million people in the end of the book, hey, you go serve the gods of whatever you want. I don't care. I'm going to go serve the Lord because that's all that matters. His identity was in God. His identity was placed in the promises that God gave him. God said, I will be with you. Um, if you think about it, um, uh, we expect to be uh, like secure in our identity um, from the get-go, like we just expect that it's just gonna be so easy to just have this like really strong faith, this really strong identity in Christ. The reality is, it, it doesn't. It doesn't happen that way. Baby Christians, I mean, like people who just came to the faith, it takes it takes time. There's sanctification, which means being made more righteous. Uh, it takes time to uh, to have that ability to, to have confidence in the Lord like Joshua did in, in that book. In, in the book, it, it takes time. It's like if you think about it like this. This is the way we treat it. I think a lot. It's like when we go on a date and um, we expect that like we'll know everything about that person in that in the first date. Like think how dumb that is. Like you go on a date with some, one person and you think uh, like oh that now like now I'm good. I know every single thing about the person and so you're you you have confidence that you you just you know them well and you're able to um, respond to anything they have and you just know them intimately. That's not true. It doesn't work that way. But that's how we treat. Like God's word, that's how we treat God. We just come to Him every once in a while and say, you know, we read like a verse, you know, sweet, like sweet, that took a lot for me, you know. And we, we think we're good and we think we'll be really strong And the Lord. We'll be able to trust Him, you know, we'll, we'll, in the hard times. But the reality is, is the people who pursue God and, um, um, with a passion, they do it, they meditate on God's word, are the ones that have um, confidence, the ones who can stand firm in their identity. They don't get swayed back and forth when someone says, hey, you want to go drink alcohol? And then you say, heck no, because that's stupid, you know? Uh, that, that was me in high school. I, I didn't have my identity in Christ. Like, I was in this youth group. I was here. I come on Sundays. I come on Wednesdays. Ah, screw the Bible. I wouldn't read it. I wouldn't do any of that. And that's why I wasn't firm in my faith. I couldn't stand up to anything. You know, hey, you want to go do drugs? Sure. I didn't do drugs. That was kind of um, But, you know, like, it's, it's that, like, I'll do whatever pleases someone else because I'm placing them above God because I haven't pursued God because I don't care about God. I haven't thought about Him. I haven't meditated on Him. I don't know His promises. And that's the reality that we face. Our identity falls apart when we aren't pursuing God. That's just the reality. When we're not pursuing God, we just fall apart. We start doing things that we we shouldn't be doing. I want to kind of leave you guys with... um, I just, like thought about it. this is the Old Testament like the promise that Joshua was given here was really this that God is with Joshua wherever he goes when he goes into the land conquering Josh, uh, God is with Joshua that was the promise but I want you guys I want to take some time to show you guys how much there is to, to see in God now in the New Testament now if we've seen the whole story of God in the Bible I want to kind of work, work through that a little bit so the first thing we need to talk about and how this will help us kind of trust and, and grow in our identity and knowing who we are, we need to know who the, who the person who gives us that value, who gives us who we are, who identifies us, and it's God. So God is holy. I'm going to just name off a lot of his attributes. If you guys want to like look this up, I totally um, encourage you to look up his attributes. Look up scripture that talks about his attributes. You'll see it all over the Bible. We'd be here for a really long time, and I do not want to drag on a sermon by going through a bunch of scriptures. But ultimately, God is holy. That means he's set apart. That means he's so different than anything else in the world. If you think about it, this is just logic. God created everything. God is the only thing that's not created. There's literally nothing like him if you think about it. Everything's created. Everything is, except God. God's the only thing. That's Holy means, and if you look up the word, it means set apart. There's nothing like him. God is holy, Totally different. Totally separate. If you think about who we are as people, we're totally unholy in comparison. Like we're totally like, like there's a thousand Joels out there. You know, there's a million of me. There's a a trillion boys out there. There's a trillion, you know, guys who like baseball. You know, I don't know. Like I could just say all these different things that people are like me, but there's no one like God. There's no one perfect. Another attribute is just. God is just. That means he doesn't let anything bad, go unpunished. And that's why there's a hell. That's the reality. That's why there's a hell because we do bad things. That's his justice. And we get mad at that too. We, we sometimes think like, oh, that's unfair. Well, y- y- you got to think about it in this way. We don't we don't like to let murderers or rapists go away, right? That's reality. We don't like to let that go away, right? God is just and he's putting that justice in us and that's why every time you hear about that happening in this world, you just, your heart breaks. You hear about um, the things that are going around this world in Syria, people getting blown up. It breaks your heart. And you want the people who blew them up, right? You want justice. We get that justice from God. God's goodness. God is a good God. Ultimately, he wants all to come to him. He wants all to come to him because he's a good God. And that bleeds into, he's a loving God. He is love. He loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son, right? John three sixteen. Gave his only begotten son that we whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. Whoever believes in Jesus, Jesus Christ. And I'll kind of blow through these kind of fast. He's righteous. He's merciful. Um, the reality is, is, and I love this about the gospel, right? The gospel is that God created us. You guys know the G-O-S-P-E-L. try to say that really fast like Pastor Kent. can't do it. Um, Probably need to repeat it more. Um, But the gospel is essentially this, that God created us. Our sin separates us from God. We have this separation, right? Adam and Eve were separated in the garden because, well, separated from God because of their sin. And God pays had to make a payment for us, right? There had to be some justice paid for us, right? We all, because we have sinned, we've fallen short of the glory of God. We've, we've fallen short of that perfection. No one deserves to be in heaven. No one does. But God sends Jesus to be that payment, to be that perfect payment for us. That's his justice and his wrath, that God is wrathful. That means he, he needs to punish, because of his justice, he punishes those who are sinful he put, this is, I love this, this is the beautiful, most beautiful thing that you see all of his attributes really tied into. His love and his justice and his wrath and his righteousness, his mercifulness, they're all tied into the Jesus and what he did with Jesus because what he did is he took himself, Jesus is God, came down to die for us. He literally took the wrath, his own wrath and placed it on himself. He literally put him, his own wrath on himself, made him bear the punishment on the cross. We always think of this. I always talk about this. The, the Sunday school pictures of dying, Jesus dying on the cross was not pretty. It was not this little, like, oh, it's this cute little cross. It's like, no, he was, like, brutally murdered, brutally beaten. His, his back was ripped open. Like, think big, open gash wounds. And he had huge nails put through his, his, uh, his wrist, straight through the middle of his ankle, I love The Passion of the Christ. It's like the best, I think, the best movie um, that really depicts how brutal Jesus died. God put, placed his wrath on him, self, on Jesus, so that we could walk free. This is the gospel, guys. And this is a promise. And this is re- when I go back to promise, the reason why I'm talking about so much of who God is and what he's done is that it's it's a Jesus is basically a promise. Who God is is basically a promise. Knowing that God is also never changing. If you think about the God who created everything, how can anything in this world ever change who he is when he's outside of it? He created it. He sees it. Like It's impossible. If you read God's word, look it up. I wish I put a, would have put the um, actual scripture on here, but God is immutable. It means he never changes. Because he never changes, we can always have confidence in the promise that he made through Jesus, that he saved us through Jesus' blood. The other wonderful thing I like to talk about when we talk about, um, I kind of talked a lot about the gospel here, but in our salvation, and I, I went through this uh, with the junior hires a couple weeks ago in Ephesians. Um, Ephesians is just huge on your identity. The first three chapters is all talking about your identity, but Ephesians one four kind of says it like this, that God, um, in love, chose you before the world's foundation. All those who come to him, he's chosen you. And he did that through Jesus. But think about this crazy thing, that before the world's foundation, that's what what the scripture says, before the world's foundation, that means before things were created, right? That God chose you. Think about that, how that uh, relates to who we are as people. You know, if God chose us before the world's foundation, it kind of means like, that's like a sure thing, right? Like, you know, if it was before the world's foundation, nothing before, after, in between, all that will ever change that God has chosen us before the world's foundation. This is something we can rest in, the promise that God has chosen us. The uh, second to last thing I'd say, uh, it's kind of the last thing, or second to last thing, uh, is when you are saved, when you come into salvation, when you, when you know who Jesus is as your personal Savior, you always have eternal life. Like it's not something that gets taken away. This is a promise that you can totally have confidence in. In John six, we're going through the book of John in uh, main service. John six thirty seven says this. Um, this is Jesus talking. He says, "All the all the father, all that the father gives me, will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out." The reality is, when we come into faith with Jesus. God will never cast us out. Jesus will never cast us out. We always have that promise of salvation. And the reality is, is all those who come to him will always be with them. We we, we struggle with this, and uh, Pastor Eric talked about it on on Sunday a little bit about, you know, uh, or maybe two Sundays ago, about the prodigal son. The reality is, is there's some people in the faith that walk away for a little while, this happened to me when I was 18 years old I left church I said I'm out and then a year later life got so crappy I realized it was like the worst decision of my life to walk away from God to walk away from church that he brought me back it was just like seriously just out of realizing what God had really done for me and believing that drew me back to him the reality is is there's two different things that we see Um, as the prodigal son in Luke 15 Um, uh, people in the faith go away Sons and daughters go away from the Father, but they will always come back if they're truly sons and daughters. And then there's the other ones who are part of the faith. I think it's in 1 John. Um, or who say they're a part of the faith but never really were. They walk away. It's because they never really were. The reality is if you were saved, if you have really truly put your faith in Christ, then you will always have that. It never goes away. And then one of the last things to, um, it's kind of a, it is a promise, but it's kind of a, it's a hard one to to swallow. Is that God disciplines those um, who He loves, right? When we when we feel that conviction, and when we have that, when we sin, when we we are disciplined, um, it's because God loves us. And so the reality is is that when we talk about standing firm in our identity, we need to rest in the, in God's promises. We need to pursue what God has promised to us. And that that takes actual, like, an effort. It doesn't take what I just said earlier, like, um, going on a first date, you think, like, you know the person, like, everything about them. No. Of course, logically, you always have to keep on dating them, dating them, then you get engaged and you marry them. And you always have to, it never just ends where you're just like, sweet, like, I know everything about you. You know, we don't really have to have a relationship anymore. You know, I don't have to talk. I don't have to really pursue you. It doesn't work that way, right? Ladies, you would never want a guy who did that, right? He's just like... All right, I'm married. Now I can let myself go, and I don't have to worry about you. Like, we're married? Heck no. That would suck. I'm engaged right now, and I know Anna would not want me to, to be that way to her. I, I have to pursue her constantly. And it's a daily thing. It's a, it's a weekly thing. It's not a thing where I place her above God, but it's something that I have to do. And that's the same thing we have to do with God. It's a, it's a pursuit. When we talk about sanctification, so there's salvation, right? that you're justified, we talk about being justified because of Jesus, then sanctification is that process of being made righteous. And it's a process that we get helped by the Holy Spirit. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to indwell us and to help us be glorified one day in the end. And it's a, it's a process, but the reality is, is it's, it's two parts. God, God is helping us along, but it's a pursuit. Like, you don't have to, as soon as you come into the faith, be like, sweet, God promises that, you know, I'm going to go to heaven, so everything's good. You know, I'm out. You know? No, it's, you have to pursue Christ. You have to pursue knowing your identity. You have to pursue the promises of God that you may stand firm in the Lord. Let me go ahead and pray, guys. Dearly, Father, Lord, I thank you so much. God, for showing us the way. God, showing us out of the pit of despair, really. God, talking so much about, you know, the failures I had in my life and the the mishaps, Lord. uh, Just remind me just how much you've, you've brought me out of just where I was as a person. God, lost. Father, I just thank you so much, God, for bringing me out of that. Lord, and I thank you so much for bringing so much of us out of that. God, um, enlightening our hearts, as Ephesians 1 talks about, that you've enlightened our hearts, Lord, to see the truth, to see the gospel. We see that Jesus is the greatest thing. God, we, we see that you are on high, that you are the greatest. Father, I just pray that... Um, in the next couple weeks, God, and, the next, and tomorrow, that we just really evaluate where we're at with you, Lord. To see if we, do we have that faith in you? God, do, do we want to pursue you? Father, I pray that we'd be like Joshua in the end of, it, in the, in the, end of the book, Lord, that we'd make that decision. Should we follow you should we not? God, are we going to do that? Are we going to follow you? If we made that decision to follow you, Lord, I pray that we would, and and God, that you would challenge us, God, and you would push us and and so influence us that we would cling to you always, God, as our sustainer, our redeemer, our savior, Lord. God, I pray that that would be so. So Father, uh, thank you so much, God. I pray that you would just um, continue to bless us um, as we continue this night in worship. Um, Father, I just pray that you would just continue to speak to us in in our response to you, God, because this is a time... Of responding to um, what you have for us, God, and, and what you've done through your son Jesus, God. May we give you all the glory in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys, please stand with us and worship with us.